6: The minute you lay your eyes on the all-new
7: Toyota Tundra Capstone, you'll know it was made to make a statement. With its 22-inch
6: dark chrome alloy wheels made for turning heads. Carefully crafted two-tone leather trim seats made for pulling up in style. 12-speaker JBL premium audio made for turning up. Plus, power running boards made for stepping out on the town. The all-new Tundra Capstone made to make a statement. Toyota let's go
7: places jbl is a registered trademark of harman international industries inc
8: ladies and gentlemen. you want experience during your football season Ooh,
4: 98.
8: well buckle up sweet cheeks that's all we need we've got all the experience in the world This is I Want Your Flex with Dan Beyer and Mike Harmon. Mike and Dan break down everything you need to set your lineups. From position rankings to starts and sits, the guys help you make those hard decisions. And now, let's get your flex on. Here's Dan Beyer and Mike Harmon.
7: I Want Your Flex is back at you for week two. Get Mike Harmon on Twitter at Swollen Dome. I'm at Dan Beyer on Fox 3530. Browns over the Bengals, 65 points. Joe Burrow throws it 60-plus times. Baker Mayfield looks good, and the Browns running game actually looks better. Thursday night football providing us uh, with some ammunition heading into week two, but some good vibes from the uh, the Battle of the State of Ohio.
9: Yeah, I mean, a lot of injuries coming into this one. You and I have talked about it earlier in the week, waiting to see exactly how bad the walking wounded were. Uh, for Cleveland, the entire secondary, for Cincinnati, the entire defensive line. Go figure. That's where it all worked, right? Uh, as you flow, you got the the big hit to Odell Beckham Jr. early uh, and got him involved. Didn't have huge numbers overall, so you always wonder if the seeds of discontentedness uh, still remain. But I thought with no Geno Atkins, that there'd be a lot of the run game, and you saw a chunk yard second half. The backups were gas; they had nothing left. So big games for both Chubb. And for Kareem Hunt, they both find Baker twice. And for Baker Mayfield, pretty clean night, right? Other than one bad throw. I mean, obviously, that was a <laughs> terrible throw uh, on the interception. And then he got jacked up when he turned uh and tried to become a blocker. <laughs>
7: The the interception is the biggest problem now. Fantasy wise, not a big deal. And actually, fantasy wise, I just take that back. It was a big deal because if you played Joe Burrow, if you played Tyler Boyd, you got a lot more points uh, because of that interception. But it, it it's another whole thing. And even on a great night where the Browns were ready to put this bad boy away, Baker Mayfield still makes that uh, makes that decision and makes that play that makes this game I mean if they continue to run the ball and and score on the ground there instead of going for the for the uh, the clincher it doesn't turn out as hectic as it is at the end and yeah you know Kareem Hunt doesn't get his yards but the point is in a big big picture thing with Baker I still think that there there are issues and unfortunately I think that interception magnified some of it in what was an otherwise great night, but this is kind of what you get for Baker Mayfield. And I think if you're leaving this game, you're leaving it feeling like, yeah, I think I'd probably rather have Joe Burrow long-term than I would Baker Mayfield on my team.
9: I would concur. And I I think uh, by the time we see these guys in week seven, I think it is uh, where they have a rematch. I can't wait to see where Joe Burrow is in all of this Uh, to finish with the Browns really quick. I mean, you obviously had Nick Chubb, huge run, uh, tackled just shy of the goal line and then they fail uh, on four downs. Uh, you know, the old cheaters proof or whatever the hell you used to yell when you were playing, you know, street ball and whatever and call on that, you your buddy a liar. Uh, and then the next play went his way. Well, they get the ball back after the Miles Garrett strip. And so Chubb ends up with the touchdown there. So fantasy owners uh, able to breathe the big sigh of relief as it went through there. Uh, but – it's just like week one, I can't overreact because they played the Ravens. Week two, I can't overreact because they played the Bengals. So I still don't know what this team is, but Bakers, it's going to be awful hard on a weekly basis to consider him for anything better than a QB, two. I I think he's maybe a bye-week replacement here and there, but I haven't seen enough to inspire me. I love the ground game, and I'll, I'll champion both those guys going forward, but... Uh, some some difficult moments. I think the decision making at Baker sometimes still leaves me confused.
7: I'll say, I'll say a couple of quick things because in our three-point conversion that we did on the episode earlier this week to kind of recap week one, I said don't bench OBJ yet, and I hope you didn't week two because he got you a score, got you um, something that I don't think you're going to see very often. I think that week two is going to be a top five week for him uh, this season in fantasy football, and the Nick Chubb thing that you bring up I think is an issue because of the short yardage stuff that we had talked about in the first episode that we did of him in short yardage situations and if Kareem Hunt is doing what Kareem Hunt's doing I don't think it's going to be a vulture situation, Mike, but I do think that the Nick Chubb at the goal line is a thing for the Browns. And I'm curious to see how they respond to that. But those are kind of my takeaways and Joe Mixon's going to have to wake up at some point. Uh, but uh, that isn't being talked about too much.
9: Well, and that's just it, right? Cause they got behind. Yeah. And so Joe, yeah, Joe Burrow, who was fantastic for fantasy purposes, he will be rostered by the end of the weekend. Right? he the next waiver sure. wire, he'll be he'll be put on the benches just to stash for matchup purposes uh one guy I wanted to spotlight real quick was AJ green huge target count so it's the are you shaking the rust off or are you done right what before the Tyler Boyd touchdown reception mm-hmm. that ball that burrow put out to AJ green and Jason Smith and I talked about the sponge Burrow puts the ball on your hands. I mean, that was one thing that was just evident, right? On the run, he's pinpoint precision. Ball, A.J. Green, before his injury, probably caught 99 of 100 times, but was too busy looking where his feet were, didn't really have that spatial understanding, and he drops it. And you could see him hang his head immediately after that. It's like, all right, he knows, A, that was a ball he should have caught, but, B, you're wondering where he is mentally, physically, and all of those things. The high-target count portends to big things if his head is on right.
6: Agreed, yeah. He'll
9: grow there. But for a week, it was hard to watch a guy that you've seen make the impossible catches for bad quarterbacks all these years finally have a guy put it on his hands and he can't corral it. It was – Disturbing, I think. I wanted to go take a walk on the beach for him and just ponder the (laughs) movie.
7: I think AJ Green will be back. I mean, as you said, he played two. This is his really first week back, you know, in in over a year of playing. So I think AJ Green may not be the AJ Green of old, but I don't think you're going to see many nights like you saw on Thursday night. And one other quick point before we start to look ahead to week two. Remember on Tuesday when I said I think that the Chargers are a team that's going to score about 16 points per game? I think that the Bengals <laughs> proved that considering what we saw just 5 days ago and now you see if the if the Browns could put up 35 points with ease, I'm wondering a little bit about that Chargers. And I know it's first game of the year, but but to see what Cleveland was able to do and then now you just take a look at what the Chargers were able to do and kind of what we expect from them with uh, Terod Taylor, uh, that was my other takeaway in branching off of what we saw on Thursday night.
9: Well, and, and for one other thing, I mean, to, to reach into the injury report, now they lose Pouncy for the year. Yeah. It's immense as to what they're going to be able to do on the ground. We'll talk about them in the hot plays and, and cold sores coming up. But you know, the loss of Mike Bouncey, when you've already lost your defensive leader, now you lose your offensive line leader, made two huge holes for the Chargers to fill.
7: Chargers have the Chiefs coming up this Sunday, a bunch of other big matchups as well. I've got two that I've got my eye on, one a division matchup, one a conference matchup. The division matchup is Bucks panthers just for the simple reason, Mike, of how is Tom Brady going to respond after last week? How is Tom Brady going to respond after the criticism with Bruce Arians? I, I, I know Seahawks, Patriots, uh, and Cam Newton, Bill Belichick, Russell Wilson, all on Sunday night, but I'll go to the other side of that broken marriage and say that Tom Brady and how the Bucks respond, one of the key things looking at in week two.
9: Yeah, that's one uh, that's certainly on the list, and we'll get into that as we go through the particulars. Uh, I'm wondering if another Ryan Fitzpatrick disaster brings us to, uh, Mm. considering how well Joe Burrow played these first two weeks, right? He'll make a couple of mistakes, and not seeing that Miles Garrett was going to get a good swipe at his arm at the three-yard line, yeah, that's pretty bad. Trying to call timeout as the ball snapped to you, yeah, that's pretty bad. Otherwise, it was a pretty nice, clean night. So looking at that, I, I think Miami might be looking at Tua, saying, well, if, if we're going to lose and turn the ball over, let's, uh, let's flip it to the kid and see what we can do. Uh, the other I'm looking at is Philadelphia had the first half that you would want to write home about. Take a snapshot, send that to the kids and say, look, we're having a great time. And then Carson Wentz was on his ass the rest of the night from that Washington defensive in front. Lane Johnson's back. Miles Sanders is back. But there, there's a bit of reticence for me. You got Goddard nerds and not a whole lot else in that receiving core. So I'm wringing my hands wondering if this isn't going to be a long season for Philly.
7: I'll, I'll put a bow on it with this. I think it's uh, our second referendum on DAC of uh, that. We're going to get 16 of them this year in the Cowboys. I mean, the spotlight that this team and that player is under is immense, but now you have a Falcons team coming in that gave up a bunch of points a week ago to Seattle. Uh, Matt Ryan ended up having the throw for over 400 yards. Uh, the, the referendum will continue, and I just don't think it's going to stop. Week one, week two, week three, I'll just use this on week two, but I think eyes are going to be on deck again because and, and the Cowboys as a whole because you can't I, that division isn't good. Uh, and an 0 to 2 start is not going to prove uh, deadly for them if they would fall to the Falcons. But you don't want to lose to the Falcons, number one. And you also want to put up points and stats against the Falcons. And so that's what I think we're going to need to see from Dallas, uh, even though just coming up short uh, against the Rams on Sunday night, I think uh, I think Dak and the Cowboys are in that. That's what happens when you're the quarterback of the Cowboys in your America's team. You're in the, under the microscope every single week, and I think that we're seeing it again in week two.
9: With all the quarterbacks in your class or the class after you having gotten paid, everybody looks at the contracts, right? It it just hangs out in the balance.
7: It's so. So crazy to think on how much we focus on this. But uh, I don't know if Dak's going to be a top five play for you this week, Mike. I don't know if Matt Ryan's a top five play for you in that game. But let's move on to the rankings numbers because everyone loves numbers. They want to know if their guy at the quarterback position or running back position is, is cracking that top five this week. Let's go to your rankings and who you've got in your top five at the quarterback position entering the second week of the NFL season.
9: Unfortunately, you know I'd love to shake things up, but it's chalk at the top. We got Lamar Jackson uh, and that Baltimore juggernaut uh, as they get ready for a matchup against Houston. I don't think Houston's stopping anybody unless something uh, they got some magical elixir over the last ten days uh, to solve that. So we'll have some more uh, more looks at the Ravens as we go on. Uh, Patrick Mahomes sitting in the number two spot. Look, I, I like what they got on the outside. There's some big players on that L.A. defense. But overall, uh, I, I don't I don't see you stopping Patrick Mahomes now Now that you got Edwards Hilaire in the backfield. Uh, Josh Allen against Miami. Look, Cam Newton ran 15 times. Why can't he? Uh, <laughs> Kyler Murray going up against Washington, number four. And then number five, a bit of a price shot. And this would get me good returns in Vegas. Uh, I got Tom Brady against Carolina as my number five quarterback for the week, Dak, at the number six slot just on the outside looking in.
7: You know, you mentioned Lamar Jackson atop your rankings. And then a little while ago, you mentioned Ryan Fitzpatrick. NFL, did the Texans and Bills – or excuse me, the Texans and Dolphins no favors – when you consider uh, what you're starting out with, Dolphins start out with Patriots and Bills, which is I think a reason why you also aren't seeing Tua right away. The Texans get Chiefs on the road to open the season, and now you get Ravens in a in the Sunday afternoon late game in prime time on CBS in in that showdown. So tough ways to start the season for those two teams.
9: Just saying they they don't like Trader Bill, I guess. think <laughs> about the Dolphins are still in build mode. Yeah. Their schedule doesn't matter, but I mean, there's certainly something to that. I mean, there's, you know, conversely, we, we talk about the the Patriots with Cam Newton. There's a bunch of theories being proffered that it's, hey, let's use him up for the first six weeks, have him play against some of these tougher division opponents, and then eventually Jared Skidham becomes the guy. Look, it's 2020. Conspiracy theories are everywhere what you might have eaten for dinner dan all the way through governmental things ufos uh fire natos uh, murder hornets you name it why not be starting quarterback position for the New England patriots when bill belichick just continues to be gushing with praise for his qb
7: i'm in the great state of wisconsin so you know i had cheese curds for for dinner that's that's what went down Yeah, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Let's move over to the running back position, as Doug Heffernan might say. What do you got in the top five?
9: Uh, The can number one. No, Uh, Elliott, number one, going up against Atlanta, looking for Zeke, because if they can get him started, maybe this passing game opens up uh, and Dak can breathe a sigh of relief, as can Mike McCarthy. Uh, Dalvin Cook, number two, going up against Indianapolis. Uh, We got Christian McCaffrey, who's a monster going number three against Tampa Bay. Alvin Kamara going up against Vegas. We saw what that game became last week, much like we s- suspected it would be in our rankings and in our conversations uh, as we rolled into the, the opener. And then number five, I'm going to go again with, with a, a little bit of uh, outside-the-box thinking. I'm going to take Jonathan Taylor as he takes over. No return of the Mac. Marlon Mack is defeated for the season. Uh, best of luck to him on his recovery. Going against Minnesota, which was absolutely – look. and maybe they've got great resolve. They go look at that Green Bay tape and go, this isn't us. This isn't. No, Daniil Hunter's not walking through that door. And those guys got bullied and pushed around all day long. I'm looking for more of the same this week.
7: I'm also looking at the Camara play because the Michael Thomas availability is is slim for Monday night, and just to see how they utilize. And not as much to me about Emmanuel Sanders because Alvin Camara is the guy on that team, and now especially with Michael Thomas out, when you're talking about playmakers, how much do the Saints change? I think you're on point in putting him in your top five. Now, speaking of wide receivers, uh, I'd be shocked if Michael Thomas is in your top five. So let's get to your top five for week two
9: well we'll just name it because he's not available for a few weeks it'll be the michael thomas memorial wide receiver ranking yeah there you go <laughs> uh Devontae adams tops the list 17 targets a week ago uh just a beast and we watched the other guys round out we talked a lot about lazard uh and mbs finding finding some action uh in the secondary and and everybody played everybody won uh adam feeling going up against indianapolis uh, Kirk Cousins & Company, this is what I, I think they can find some work downfield. DeAndre Hopkins has to be in your top five. There's no uh, getting around that after a brilliant week one performance. Uh, again, the myopia, whatever the case may be, you've got to figure out how to stop them. Where's the box in one? Whenever I see guys that are just that obvious the target and they, they still find a way to be open and they're in single coverage, it's, it makes no sense to me especially with a young quarterback like Kyler Murray. Make him check down to number two or number three, whatever. Don't let him have the easy receptions by DeAndre Hopkins. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, Allen Robinson, you, he may have contract issues. He may hate uh, some members of the Bears' uh, management crew, but ready to play, balling out once again, uh, going up against the Giants. And then a guy that week to week is going to be tough for me to rank them as highly as I do here. But based on what I watched from that Atlanta Falcons defense, come on in, Amari Cooper. You get a top five spot in week two.
7: I'll say this. It, even if Michael Thomas was healthy, I think that the guy that you put atop your rankings is the best receiver in fantasy football, and that's Devontae Adams. For, I mean – you take away the, the games that he missed last year because of injury. The targets uh, are are comparable to uh, what you would get in a, a top two-wide receiver. And now to see the chemistry and the stepping-up play of the guys that you said, I, I, I think Adams is the best receiver in fantasy football, even when Michael Thomas is healthy. That's
9: it. And with Michael Thomas, I mean, we're going to
6: be... If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick...
9: as of now, some of the speculation is we don't see them again until week seven. Yeah. But they've got an early bye. So, we'll see. I mean, if they can eke out a win here, get to 2-0, and, and I think they handled Vegas. Well we'll see. I mean, scrappy win. Hey, you know what? Don't run the fullback, Dan. Just uh, a word of note going forward. <laughs> Take that I- bad rule. <laughs>
7: This is the I Want Your Flex podcast. If you're listening uh, y- and you want to like ask Mike and myself a question, you can always tweet us at I Want Your Flex. That's the official Twitter handle. I didn't throw it in at the top of the show, so I have to do it kind of at our halfway point here. Moving on from rankings, there are guys that you do want to play this week that you want to get into your lineup, but maybe they didn't crack your top five or maybe they're not at the, the, the top of your mind. Mike's going to have you covered. Let's get to the hot plays, the cold sores, and the ninjas for week two.
9: All right, hot plays. We're going to give you a quick list. I mentioned Brady as a top five quarterback. Well, let's bring his running back along with him, Ronald Jones. Uh, 17 carries, 66 yards, two catches a week to go. Expecting big things from this offense. We've looked at a Carolina unit. Uh, I saw this in a newsletter. I want to say it was the uh, Fantasy Life newsletter that Carolina has given up three or more touchdowns in 13 straight games. Jeez. Think about that. That's just
3: <laughs> horrid, which is why the whole draft
9: class was defensive players. But good Lord, that's inefficient. <laughs> and the Bucks are absolutely uh, huge favorites at home. Aaron Rodgers, let's go with it. Let's ride with the hot hand. Rankings-wise, I've seen him in the back end of the QB1s or even in the QB2s still. No, no, no. There's some real saltiness going on here and opportunity. And against Detroit. For those that didn't see the game in its entirety, Mitchell Trubisky had opportunities in the first half last week. A couple of balls off receivers' hands. Tough catches, but catchable balls. Jimmy Graham can't jump anymore, so you've got to hit him in the numbers or at the shoulders. He's not going up to get it. We watched that in the first half. Allen Robinson, there was a touchdown pass that normally Robinson makes. Tough catch but on his hands uh, so you can get after this Detroit secondary is the point. So everybody plays, everybody wins. So that means I'm taking Lazard and MBS and everybody alongside with them. You mentioned Emmanuel Sanders before still ranked low. I think people looking at him as more of a possession guy. No, no, no. What do you got? You got Kamara, you got Sanders, and then you got the obvious of Jared cook, who's going to be a monster Uh, going forward. Marquise Brown going up against Houston. Terry McLaurin going up against Arizona. Why I'm expecting if this goes to script, they're down and Dwayne Haskins is chucking. Now, the curiosity is watching Kyler Murray scramble away from that Washington defensive front, but we'll we'll address that another time because that could be funny. Uh, And then you got Kenyon Drake going back to Arizona for a minute. Uh, 60 yards and a score week one. Expecting a bigger volume for him week two
7: the cardinals washington game who would have thunk it's the battle to go two and oh you know i mean it's just uh eh, it's what you get in the national football league all right let's get to those cold sores for week two guys to stay away from that you don't want your lineup that you don't want to touch at all
9: all right first off I, he may be salty he may be have great resolve uh the fact that you're missing your cheap nose tackle. Maybe gives them a ray of sunshine here. But Saquon Barkley was miserable against Pittsburgh. That offensive line is awful. And the Bears know if they can stop Saquon Barkley, they should have not an easy day, but it's going to make it difficult for Daniel Jones because he'll still make mistakes. There were points in that game against Pittsburgh, especially that goal line play, Bud Dupree getting after it. That's one you eat. Step out of bounds. Throw it 50 yards into the upper deck against their cardboard cutout you don't try that throw there uh, and he'll learn perhaps one day somehow uh, we've talked about Carson Wentz a little bit earlier going up against the Rams uh, you watched Aaron Donald just move like 900 pounds of humans multiple times last week uh, amazing yeah Lane, Lane Johnson may be back but he's not 100% and the rest of that offensive line we just saw what Washington did to them they were in the backfield all day with no healthy receivers other than Deshaun Jackson, who, what, you're just going to chuck it up downfield? I mean, I love Ertz. I love Goddard. They're both plays for you. But Carson Wentz, I'm looking for muted numbers from him. Roethlisberger, a hero a week ago. Denver's pass defense. Still a curiosity to me here. So he's he's not on the bench, but he's a guy that if I've got another option – I'm certainly taking a, a long, hard look. Uh, let's get a little, dig a little deeper, if we will. I got three more for you, really quick. Austin Eckler going up against Kansas City. You've got that strong defensive front. And you've got Joshua Kelly there, getting ready to steal some more carries from you uh, as we go. And we also mentioned the loss of Pouncey for the year, I think really will inhibit the run game going forward. Tyree Hill on the other side of that. One strength is the cornerback play of the Chargers, and as we know, Patrick Mahomes is more than happy to feed everybody else, so the pick your poison. I'd be looking at like a Miko Hardman maybe as a daily fantasy play for the minimal cost that he'll be, and then your guy who did it all in the passing game last week, Chris Carson, going up against New England. They know they need to try to eliminate the run. So I, I would expect less from him.
7: Yeah, his his running numbers actually were completely covered up by those touchdown receptions. You're thinking, oh great, but the you're and you're not going to see receiving numbers. I think from Chris Carson like that for the rest of the season. There may be a touchdown here or a touchdown there, but you're not going to get what he did last week against Atlanta. All right, let's put a bow on this, Mike, with the ninjas for week two. The guys that can change your matchup. Fantasy Ninja. Just like that and someone may not see it coming. Ninjas for Week 2.
9: All right, let's go with Quintez Cephas of your Detroit Lions. Three catches, 43 yards. He had 10 targets in Week 1 against Chicago. No Galladay again, Uh, at least at this point. Barring a miracle, he's not suiting up in Week 2, which means more of a distribution in the targets, perhaps because of some of the injuries we've had at the tight end position. You can look at TJ Hawkinson as well. He made an impact in that Bears game. It looks like he could become a favorite of Matt Stafford in bailout situation uh, as well. Uh, You're looking at Jared Goff, who's always a curiosity when it comes to the fantasy realm. I I think he's a guy that it's tough to start, even if the matchup looks solid, against Philadelphia. I think there there's opportunities there to be had downfield. But he's a guy that usually for...
4: To start listening
9: in the early part of the fantasy season. Everybody's looking for Sean McVay to be super genius, and I don't see it. I see it more coming on the ground once again. Uh, question of whether Malcolm Brown uh, can double up on past effort. And a guy we've talked about before in the receiving core, how about Corey Davis? Why AJ Brown's a little bit banged up, so you might see another target count from Corey Davis. I know. I know because his eight targets in week one were the most that he's had since middle of uh, 2018.
7: The great thing about the uh, the hot place, cold source, and Ninja is I just made two lineup changes during that segment. Yeah, I, honestly, I I made my changes. Guys are in, guys are out. That's why you listen to them, and that's where you can find them on Twitter at Swollen Dome. He's Mike Arman. I'm Dan Byard. Mike's got the knowledge, but sometimes I'd like to dabble. Uh, Mike would be the professional. I would be the amateur, maybe the uh, the hack golfer, and that's why we give me a little segment called "Give Me One Reason."
4: Three. Two, one.
8: Give me one reason.
7: I'm going to give you a reason to start this guy this week, but I've learned my lesson. I learned my lesson, Mike, last week in a segment. When it's called Give Me One Reason, I should only give you one reason and not four. So today I'm going to stick to it. I'm actually going to just give you one reason on why you should start this player and one reason why you should bench this player And the one reason to start this player, I'll tell you who the player is. It's Paris Campbell of the Indianapolis Colts, and it's because they're playing the Minnesota Vikings. I would like to go more. I would like to say more about what he did a week ago. I would like to say more about Phillip Rivers, but I will just say he's going up against the Minnesota Vikings after they were shredded by the Green Bay Packers. So I'm going to say that's your reason to start Paris Campbell of the Indianapolis Colts. And you like it when we go big game hunting, When it comes to these sort of things, I'm going to give you one reason to bench Russell Wilson of the Seattle Seahawks. It'll be the Seahawks' toughest defense that they face this year, which means it's Russell Wilson's lowest point total that he'll have this year. There it is. More of a prediction. Not saying that you should bench Russell Wilson, but I'll give you a reason to. I think it's going to be tough sledding against the Patriots.
9: I like it. I like it because we know how well – Bill Belichick schemes to take away individuals. And let's face it, whenever he's effusive with the praise, he's got a game plan for you. (laughs) Look, he's had a week. He's had a a rough week. He lost his mom this week. Uh, And so a a lot of attention to that Uh, and to his family, you know, some great tributes. But whenever he starts to wax poetic about opponents, he normally does it about the kickers and punters. This week he did it about the quarterback so I'd be a little nervous if I was Russell Wilson.
7: The, uh, that That's my one reason to play Paris Campbell and one reason to bench Russell Wilson. All right, we were off and running, and I don't know if we're going to have a wire-to-wire winner in our celebrity selections, but Josephine Scriver finished with 65.5 points last week with her picks Matt Ryan, Josh Jacobs, and Michael Thomas. So the, the bar is set high. Week 2 celebrity has a brand-new comedy album out called What Was I Thinking? Uh, you can hear him and his uh, buddy Chet Waterhouse on the Apple podcast, Play With Pain. Our celebrity selection for week two, Jeff Cesario. Take it away, Jeff.
8: Even celebrities have fantasies.
6: Two chicks at the same time, man.
8: Who better to set your starting lineup than the stars themselves?
6: Hey, what's going on? It's Nick Lachey. Hi, this is Daryl Hall. And this is John Oates. This is Snoop Deagle Double G. Hi, this is Bob Eubanks in the newlywed game.
8: They rack them, we rank them. It's Celebrity Selections.
4: Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Here's my picks. Quarterback Aaron Rodgers. First of all, I'm a Wisconsin boy. And secondly, as my old drum teacher used to say, the kid's coming on. Uh, For running back, I'm
9: going to turn it over to Chet Waterhouse. Chet, I'm going with that Raheem Mostert from the San Francisco 49ers. He's harder to catch than a glimpse of your neighbor's wife naked. Well, that's weird, but uh, true. Wide out, I'm going DeAndre Hopkins. I think he's just going to go off Sunday. He's going to have a
4: fabulous day. Chet, you want to bring it home? All right. These picks brought to you by Medieval
9: Knievel, the jousting daredevil. For Jeff Cesario, this is Chet Waterhouse reminding you to play with pain.
7: (laughs) Oh, man. Chet bringing the heat with the uh, neighbor's wife. Oh man. Good, good stuff. Get Jeff on Twitter at real Jeff Cesario. Again, his new album. What was I thinking is out. You can also hear the uh, the one and the only Chet Waterhouse on the Apple podcast play with Payne. What do you think about the lineup of Rogers Mostert and Hopkins this week, Mike
9: Well, Hopkins, one of our uh, top plays. I went with Rogers as a top five in the rankings as well. Look when you're going to get all the, all the targets uh, week one, Uh, They're not going to be shy, and it would appear that Kyler Murray already has a new best friend. Maybe we could start, you know, superimposing them into these step-brothers movie poster, as it were. And, you know, you and I talked about it from the season preview on down. Aaron Aaron Rodgers is a guy who's just salty. And I think those young receivers, they got some great experience last year. They might not be flashy – They might not be the Jerry Judys or Jeffersons or these guys that got drafted this year, but those guys played big roles and were in big moments. Uh, And now I'm looking for them to to continue it and and get it rolling. So, you know, those are the two I'd spotlight on his roster this week. We'll see if if he can come in and uh, take the lead.
7: We always encourage you to submit your fantasy questions to our Twitter page at I Want Your Flex. You can also uh, reach Mike on Twitter at Swollen Dome, and I'm at Dan Byer on Fox. Adam Wassum, who is the president of the Dan Byer on Fox fan club. By the way, Adam one time made a Twitter uh, account of the Dan Byer fan club. And everybody thought that I made it myself, which was really embarrassing that people would think that I made that. But uh, Adam made it, and now he's lost the password, so it's like gone forever. Like It'll just stay as it is. He tweets in, need your advice. 10-team PPR league, last place gets a tattoo. So you know there's some, there's some cash and some ink on the line. Hayden Hurst against Dallas, or when the Eagles take on the Rams and playing Dallas Goddard, who do you like at tight end?
9: I am going to go with uh, Hayden Hurst looking for Atlanta to put up some points downfield. The over-under in this game, Dan, which we'd love to as a tiebreaker, because those guys are ranked pretty similarly, uh, is 52-and-a-half. Mm. Not a lot of confidence in either defense you see. Uh, by the, the line being set. And Hurst is a guy – look, everybody else got fed last week, right? Three receivers, nine and 100. Uh, Russell Gage is a guy that – was flying off waiver wires this week. Uh, I'm going to look for Hurst to have a breakthrough against Dallas, particularly now that Vander Esch is out and the center of that uh, defensive um, back seven uh, should have some room for him to work.
7: All righty. Let's wrap this baby up with our three point conversions. I will give you the floor, Mike Harmon. Your three takeaways. I don't know if they're takeaways. That doesn't even sound right heading into a week. What are the three things you're packing for lunch heading into week two? That sounds better.
9: All right. My three things for the week. I've got Brady bounces back. Rumors of his demise have been Mm. greatly exaggerated.
7: Alliteration. I like that.
9: Number two, Camara is king. And Mm. that is absolutely true because Drew Brees – I didn't like what I saw in week one, (laughs) okay, passing the ball downfield. So I'm looking for an awful lot of Alvin Kamara on the ground and in the passing game. And number three, I'll double down also on Josh Allen. Until he falls apart running the football, he is in your fantasy lineup because you're getting that forty. 50 yards every week with the outside shot at a score, no matter what the matchup is. I think he's matchup proof right now based on those rushing totals.
7: Okay, I'm going to give you uh, three things. Number one, I think the Texans lose against the Ravens, so this has nothing to do with fantasy, but don't overreact with the Texans let them get through these first two weeks and then you can judge them the rest of the season I talked about the Cowboys uh, for my second point earlier in the show just how the spotlight's always on them it's what you get when you're the Dallas Cowboys and it's what you get with when you're Dak Prescott but how about this little song you ready a b c d e n d z o n e for the rookie. Yes, CD Lamb gets in the end zone for the Cowboys against the Atlanta Falcons. That is that is that is my second point. I now realize I probably should have done that at the end for the uh, the big one, but the end Yeah, Raider Nation wins their first game in Las Vegas taking out the Saints. And Josh Jacobs is going to make his case on why he is – the best running back in the National Football League in 2020. Yes, expect Josh Jacobs to build off of his performance against the Panthers and carry it over against the Saints Monday night. I know that's not out on a limb or anything, but week two I think is going to be great. I think that the Browns and Bengals uh, got us excited. By the way, surprising how Randy Bullock just completely healed from that uh, injury that he had on Sunday. I'm telling you, Mike, that, that was like 96 hours ago from the game to, to what he heard his leg kicking a field goal yet he was booting him through fine in Cleveland I don't think I'll ever get over that my goodness
9: but well, you know uh, the spotlight is healing right a national spotlight <laughs> everybody saying your name will, will solve a lot of things that's why I get up and, and do the show each and every day right because no matter how miserable a day is you know someone's out there listening hanging on my every word just like this podcast and why I'm so excited to do this every week
7: with you. We'll be back at the end of week two to get you set for week three and all the guys that you need to pick up. Thanks to Lee Delap, our executive producer, Lee Mayock, for hooking us up with the great guests that we have uh, week in and week out and all the work that she does. Find Lee DeLapp on Twitter at Delap. Of course, you can get Mike at Swollen Dome and me at Dan Bayer on Fox. And if you want to reach the show's Twitter handle, easy enough, at IWantYourFlex. Mike, enjoy week two. Peace.
8: They say, if you love something, set it free. At LifeLock, we say, that's bull hockey. All that saving up and paying off debt just for some identity thief to set it free? Crazy talk. It can be dangerously easy to steal your identity. LifeLock by Norton makes it easy to help protect yourself. If you become a victim, we'll work to fix it. No one can monitor all transactions, but everyone can save up to 25% off their first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Identity theft protection starts here.